Street Epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Hi, my name is Alex. I was raised in a Christian household, but I rejected the teachings as soon as I understood that it wasn't the only option. I briefly fell back into Christianity a few years back, but I am happy to say that it is over and done with. I now consider myself a rationalist, and I'm constantly asking the question, what do I think I know, and how do I think I know it? This is what has brought me to street epistemology, and I have just begun practicing it formally about a week ago. An Encounter at Subway This is the story of my most memorable encounter as a new street epistemologist. Due to the impromptu nature of this encounter, I was unable to record it. I wanted to share it due to the quality of the experience, with Anthony's encouragement. First, a bit of backstory. I was sitting at Subway with my girlfriend to support and protect our friend who works there. She had just had a sandwich thrown at her by an irate customer and was afraid he would come back. To pass the time, I brought in a manual for creating atheists, which I am in the middle of reading for the first time. Our co-worker struck up a conversation with a new customer, Sammy. Sammy is a pretty outgoing and chill guy. He empathized with her, and we all agreed that the irate, sandwich-throwing customer was a huge jerk. As he turned to leave, he asked me what I was reading. Me. Don't let the title throw you off. It's called A Manual for Creating Atheists, but it's more about how to have civil and productive conversations regarding faith. Sammy. But it's written from the atheist perspective? Me. Yes, but the techniques can be utilized by anyone. It does have some built-in assumptions, such as that there is an objective reality that we can be right or wrong about. Sammy then talked about his perspective, that of an evangelical Christian. It was at this moment that I knew I was about to S.E. I think my girlfriend sensed it, too. She got up to go talk to our friend at this point. I asked him why he believes in God. He told me about how, before he became a Christian, he just lived for himself and was into drugs and such to find his fulfillment. He emphasized that he is a more emotional person and remarked that I seem to be a much more logical person. This came up a few times throughout the conversation. I made sure to clarify his position and had him assign himself a level of certainty. He assigned himself a 99%. I then introduced the outsider test for faith, using the example of a Hindu woman who has a similar story. His eyes went wide and he said, That's a very good question, and seemed to genuinely mean it. I clarified with him that he does think she is incorrect and that they can't both be right. He confirmed this, and I encouraged him by agreeing that I also think she is incorrect. I took this opportunity to gently press him one more time, asking how we could figure out which one of them is correct, since they are both using the same methods. He said, 
Man, I need to think about that for a minute. I tell him to take his time. I planned to be there until the store closed. He proceeded to pause for literally about 20 glorious seconds, thinking of an answer. I don't know. How would you try to figure it out? He finally asked. Since he had been such a great interlocutor, I decided to answer his question. You mentioned how you and I both have different personalities. You are a more emotional person, and I am more analytical. But when it comes down to it, I want reliable ways of coming to conclusions, methods that consistently yield results that are aligned with reality. If you have an emotional method that is reliable, I am happy to use it. I then talked to him about the concept of falsification and rephrased the outsider test for faith by asking him how could we figure out who is incorrect. Another fantastic pause, and I don't know. I marked this as the formal end of the conversation, but we continued talking. We clarified the definitions of atheist, theist, agnostic by graphing atheist and theist along the vertical axis and gnostic-agnostic along the horizontal axis, and I placed myself in the agnostic-atheist block. He put himself in the gnostic-theist block, saying that he is absolutely certain that God exists, that he is 100% certain. It sounded like his distinction between 99% and 100% certainty was semantics. At this point, Sammy showed that he is a natural street epistemologist and asked me, what would change your mind? What would shift you to the theist side? I first complimented him on the question, telling him he should really look into S.E., Then I said that I will happily answer his question by first posing a thought experiment to explain my answer. I asked him whether he would believe me if I told him I owned a cat and showed him a picture of me with my cat. He said, yes, absolutely. I asked him if he would believe me if I told him I owned a tiger and showed him a picture of me with a tiger. He said, not really. I then asked if he would believe me if I told him there was a dragon in my garage and then showed him a picture of me with a live dragon. He said, not at all. I then asked, would you consider God to be a more spectacular of a claim than a dragon? He grinned, seeing where I was going with this. Yeah, for the sake of the example. I said, I would need something pretty darn spectacular. If all the stars in the sky realigned themselves into the words, This is God, I exist, and I am also the Christian God specifically, and then everyone else in the world also saw it, then that would be pretty compelling, maybe even enough to shift me to the theist side. Of course, the idea that I live in the Matrix is also a possibility no more spectacular than God, so I would still have my doubts. We had a bit more banter at this point, which I don't recall, but at some point I threw one last question at him and asked, how would the world look any different if you were wrong about God? Another, I don't know. The conversation turned to my Ravenclaw scarf and his enjoyment of the Harry Potter series. I almost recommended that he read the Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality fanfic, but I missed that opportunity. We closed on a very positive note. 
He called this, no joke, the best conversation I have ever had. As a parting thought, he asked me to look up a particular personality quiz. He acknowledged that most of them are bunk, but he likes this one. I thanked him for the recommendation and gave him a parting thought as well. I asked him to dwell on what reliable methods we could use to determine which god is the correct one. He agreed. Mistakes. While I consider this to have been an unmitigated success, as he experienced several states of aporia and had such a positive view of the conversation, there are a couple things I forgot to do that I wish I had done. If and when I have a follow-up conversation, I'll be sure to remedy all three things. First, I forgot to get his contact info. I chalk this up to being brand new at this. Thankfully, he is a regular at that subway, so my girlfriend and her friend, who both work there, can get his contact info for me. Second, I forgot to explicitly ask, although I implied it heavily, if life-changing experience can be used to come to various conflicting beliefs, what does that say about its reliability? Third, I also forgot to ask, if there is no way to know which one of you is correct or incorrect, is absolute certainty really the best place to be on this belief? Things I did right. I managed to elicit doxastic openness, Sammy's willingness to reflect, despite having all of my atheistic cards on the table from the get-go. I did this by acting as genial as possible, to help lower any visceral defenses that might be put up. I'm sure Sammy's natural open-mindedness played a large part in that as well. I reveled in the pauses. Usually, pauses in conversation beg to be filled. Every passing moment of Sammy's silent reflection was euphoric. Conclusion SE can be used anywhere. Not only is it a great method for helping people question their faith, it also results in amazing conversations. Stay rational, and remember, the map is not the territory. If you would like to hear more of my conversations and thoughts and things I like to talk about, feel free to subscribe to my YouTube channel at bit.ly forward slash map and territory. Street Epistemology is a technique by Dr. Peter Bogosian in his book, A Manual for Creating Atheists, and his Android and iOS app, Atheos. 